0: Hey, 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 how's it going out there, my mushroom lovers? Oliver Carlin here, and I'm the mushroom man. Today, I want to talk to you about the top 13 mushroom growing substrates, how to make and use them. So the big question is this. With over 10,000 different species of mushrooms, how do people that want to benefit from their various medicinal properties Accurately identify them in the wild, grow them at home, or make them taste delicious without having to read confusing medical reports and possibly eating a poisonous look-alike by mistake? That's the question, and this podcast will give you the answer. My name is Oliver Carlin, and welcome to Curative Mushroom. Alright, so... When I first started you know learning how to grow mushrooms to me one of the one of the most difficult parts of understanding the whole process was the different substrates I mean there was a ton of different substrates and I just it was just one of those things I didn't totally understand why is there so many different substrates I mean. When you go through, they got coffee grounds, they've got, like, some of them are doing sawdust, some of them are doing manure, some of them are doing, like, vermiculite, cocoa coir, straw, Um, I mean, it was just, there was just a ton of different things, and I was thinking, like, I don't get it, like, (laughs) If you look in the wild mushrooms grow on dead or dying hardwood trees 90% of the time and then there's some that grow on living trees so for me it was just like what is this no, nothing in the wild is growing on coffee grounds you know what what is making this stuff work you know I and I just uh, I don't know it was just confusing and then with all these different substrates is there's one specific that I'm supposed to use for this type of mushroom because when I was looking online they would talk about substrates but then they wouldn't tell you which mushroom you should use with that substrate and so it's like well shoot I don't know <laughs> I don't know they would just they, most people would just list the substrates like you're just supposed to know which one to get and I don't know I just it, it felt like it was confusing and it wasn't it just didn't seem like there was good info out there on it And so I decided, okay, you know what? I I wanna know this better because I wanna be able to pick the right substrates. I wanna have the confidence. You know, if I'm spending my money on these mushrooms, I wanna feel confident that I'm picking the right substrate, that I'm not just wasting my time and spinning my wheels. You know, let's get this right, let's get it right. And so I decided, you know, okay, so we need to figure this out. So let's go do the research, you know, and find out what are, what's the deal with all these different substrates so that's what that's what I did so I went out started looking and it was a little bit challenging because like I said these articles they are not giving you all the information then there's books out there the books were kinda confusing because a lot of them are talking about growing on logs well look I don't wanna grow on logs like I get it some people do but for me I'm not trying to wait two years (laughs) okay for um, my mushroom to grow and first of all why does it take two years and then when you get these grow kits it only takes two weeks you know and so for me I'm not patient I'm not gonna wait two years if I can do the same mushroom in two weeks it just doesn't make sense to me right so you've got you've got all these different substrates you got different mushrooms going on different things and then it's like okay well If these books are telling me that they can grow on trees but they're not telling me specifically like which substrates to use and i see all these people doing different things so had to figure that out took some courses um into different things to learn more about mushrooms why these different types of substrates work with different types of mushrooms and then honestly a lot of it i had to just dig in to each specific mushroom individually and try to figure out like and what what mushrooms can you grow indoors (laughs) because here's the funny thing I was learning right was with all these mushrooms not all of them have been cultivated yet by cultivated I mean grown harvested so there's a lot of mushrooms out there that haven't even been cultivated successfully indoors in a substrate so it's like well which ones have and there's no like compiled list okay well here it is So you had to dig around, look up each mushroom. So what I did is I just said, okay, well, what are the most mushrooms, what mushrooms would I want to consume? One, for culinary purposes because it just tastes, it's a choice edible mushroom, or two, because it's got medicinal benefits. So I went through all these different mushrooms to figure that out individually to come up with the list of mushrooms that we could grow. Then had to go through each one of the main substrates to try to figure out which types of substrates would work with different, cause you know, here's the thing. Here's the thing I, that I realized with all of this, was when it comes to the substrates, there's just no, there's no right or wrong, right? You got, um, some, some people have tried things and other people haven't. And I think once you understand the main concept of what a substrate is, You can start to realize that basically any mushroom could potentially grow on any substrate. It's just maybe someone hasn't tested it yet. And maybe someone has tested it with this and they like that. But another person's tested it with this and they like that. So you're going to find different people saying different things. And it just goes to show that really mushroom cultivation is mostly about testing and the best mushroom cultivators are constantly testing. They're constantly developing new substrates because maybe they tried one that was known to work. They didn't like it. Like, um, I can't remember his name right now. Um, shoot, what's his name? Um, Davis, T.R. Davis, T.R. Davis, the, the guy who invented the master's mix, right? He was working with straw. For the longest time, he hated it. <laughs> If you listen to one of his videos he had this funny um, story he told where he said the final straw, no pun intended right, the final straw that got him off of straw, (laughs) the straw that broke the camel's back was he was in the head, (laughs) that's navy terms for restroom, so he was using the restroom on the toilet and he went down to wipe his butt (laughs) And when he came up, he had straw all over his hand. And he said, that's it. That that was it. I'm done with this. He said he had straw all over him all the time. He'd go to Home Depot or he'd go to the grocery store, reach in his pocket, and straw would fall everywhere. So, you know, straw was working, but he got tired of it. So that's why he invented the master's mix, because he wanted to get away from straw. Nothing wrong with straw. Straw is a great substrate. It works. But he went to the master's mix. And he invented amazing Substrate that produces huge first flushes better than any first flushes anyone up to that point had created with the oyster mushrooms. So anyway that that's the main thing. I think if I was going to transfer if you're going to learn anything from this podcast today. I would say that was the biggest thing was test 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 just because someone hasn't tried it and done it successfully doesn't mean it won't work. Okay that's the that's the whole thing so let's uh, let's move into it now so what I ended up finding was um, basically what is a substrate if you look into um, if you look out in the wild right when it comes to substrates the substrate the mushrooms typically use is dead or dying hardwood trees and for a dead or dying hardwood tree that would typically be, well, your hardwood trees, you got hardwood and softwood. Your typical hardwood would be like an alder, birch, oak, maple, beech, poplar, balsam, uh, aspen, elm, or a willow tree. Those are your typical hardwood logs, right? And um, your, your mushrooms will not typically grow on softwood. They'll typically grow on a hardwood. So you always wanna go with like a hardwood, right? But anyway, in the wild, they'll grow on these trees. Now, if you got like a chaga, Chaga grows on a living Beech tree right it grows on living beech trees and so that one's parasitic in that the only you can't cultivate that one, right? Well you can but you have to grow living birch trees Drill a hole in them inject your mycelium so that it can grow in the birch tree and then wait five years <laughs> Right again logs take forever. I don't know why people do logs. I'm serious I, but man, I've seen some videos in China Of the Chinese they've got whole businesses around like the reishi mushroom they bury these logs in the ground and they literally wait years for them to grow But man, they've got hundreds of them right and they do it out in the mountains of China And you know a lot of people talk bad about China not to get off track, but if you watch some of the videos China looks way better than places in America. I mean they're growing them out in the forest um, China's got a bad rap. Okay. I know for a lot of things, they do a lot of shady stuff. I get it, but not everybody in China. I mean, if that's like being racist, right? You're saying, well, this type of person, everything they do is wrong. It's not true. China's not all bad. They've got these mountains in China where these little villagers live and that's their whole life is growing mushrooms naturally in the wild, in the forest. And it's really amazing. They have mastered it and if so if you get supplements from china don't discount them all of a sudden because it's from china i know if you listen to paul Stamets, he said i will never trust a mushroom from china and i love paul Stamets. but look if it's um just because that one supplement that you had someone test was high in these these minerals um these whatever they call them those things that are bad for you doesn't mean that they grew them in the mountains of China. You probably got one that was grown in the city. All right, enough going on my um, soapbox and getting off track, (laughs) okay? But anyway, substrates. So they grow out in the woods, typically on dead or dying hardwood trees. Now some will grow out of the soil, of the ground, right? But they're still decaying, breaking down different types of plants and hardwood trees, okay? That's what they do. Even the ones that grow in manure, right like your lovely cabensis mushroom, psilocybe cabensis grows in uh, manure so does the button cremini portobello mushroom it grows out of the manure right so i guess when it comes to a substrate if you're growing a specific type of mushroom in my mind ideally you would think well let's grow a substrate that mimics the natural environment of that mushroom as much as possible if they're growing out of an oak tree 90% of the time in the wild is dead, well shoot, let's get some sawdust from an oak tree, pack it really tight together, and bam, there's our substrate, right? Bingo, done. But there's some a lot of other really cool substrates that people have come up with that don't mimic the natural environment, that still grow really well, that are more affordable, and maybe more um, attainable where you live, right? All right, so what do mushrooms eat? That's the, that's the core of what a substrate is lignin cellulose hemicellulose those are found in the plant well Those main components found in the plant um the cell walls of plants and trees right they also like to have small amounts of nitrogen between 0.2 to 0.4 percent very low amounts they like low amounts of minerals of kp mg and ca minerals they also like to have ph levels around neutral between four and seven on the ph scale and uh, they like their substrate to be about 50 to 70% water content. They like a very moist substrate, right? And that's why uh, if, you, if your trees, if, you're, if, if it's a dry area, you're probably not gonna have mushrooms growing. So that's what mushrooms like. So how do we mimic that? Really, all you gotta have, your substrate has to have lignin, cellulose, or hemicellulose. Is to have small amounts of nitrines, nitrogen, minerals, neutral pH level, and very moist. That's at the so, at the um, core of a substrate. That's basically what we're going for. Okay. So um, that's basically it. Now the other thing, right, that I found confusing, right, when I was starting my research into growing mushrooms was which mushrooms grow on which substrates so I did um, compile a list for you so the top 10 mushrooms that you can that have been proven or other people have successfully cultivated through a substrate not a log okay are the reishi mushroom the lion's mane mushroom the cordyceps mushroom shiitake oyster psilocyde cabensis now I get shit about the way I say that I don't care cabensis okay You can call it Cubensis, I call it Cubensis. Portobello button cremeni, turkey tail, enoki, meitake, all those mushrooms can be successfully cultivated that are worth cultivating, right? They're very medicinal or they're choice mushrooms. Then, if you wanted to grow them on logs, basically logs are easy, they're simple. You're, You're duplicating an environment that's exactly the environment they grow in the wild, right? Your reishi, your lion's mane, your shiitake, your oyster, turkey tail, enoki, and Metaki These are basically your tree-loving mushrooms, okay? Other than your manure lovers, which is your psilocybe, cabensis, and your portobello, okay? Now, um, that's the main stuff. Now, so you can grow those there. You can also grow mushrooms in a garden bed. So yes you can grow them in bags you can grow them in everything else we're gonna get into the substrates in a second but just know that you can also grow them in garden beds I'm gonna have a whole separate uh, post on that so let's get into it man or woman so what are the top 13 um, mushroom growing substrates that I found number one we have and these are in no particular order Number one, we have supplemented hardwood sawdust. So these come in pellets, and the pellets are already um, pasteurized in that pelletizing process, so you don't have to pasteurize these. But let's say you're gonna make a five pound block in a bag, then you take five cups hardwood pellets, 1.4 liters of water, one and a quarter cups of bran, and the bran would serve as like your supplement, right? And you would sterilize it in a pressure cooker. So that's your hardwood sawdust. Um, and just so you know, um, on my web, and there's an article in the description of this podcast that's going to take you to a link to the article I wrote. And I've got how-to videos. I've got all this stuff written down. so don't worry about writing it down. Just go to the website. You can see all these recipes there, okay? And instead of giving you the exact recipes, I am just going to refer you to my website in the interest of time. But what I will do is tell you what the ingredients are. In these substrates. Okay? So, number two, we have psilocybe fanaticus technique. This is the PF tech. Um, very popular for psilocybe cabensis growers. So, those are your manure loving mushrooms, right? This one, you take like a half pint mason jar, you're gonna fill it with uh, brown rice flour, some vermiculite, and uh, some water. And you put it in a pressure cooker, um, and that's how that one goes. Okay? at 15 PSI 45 minutes Um, now again if this will work for psilocybin fences it would most likely work for the portobello right or the button mushrooms however PF tech is more used for small because it creates a little small ball if you will of of substrate and it'll just grow um, some small mushrooms it's not going to grow you huge mushrooms but it's easy to do at home that's why they invented it for the psilocybin cabensis purposes then you got the straw number three is straw for this you normally chop it up into three to um, four inch lengths and you can use like a weed whacker in and in a barrel to do all that and you have a couple options to pasteurize this because straw needs to be pasteurized and you can get into um i have a whole nother podcast that talks about why you need to pasteurize and sterilize your substrates okay so you can check that out but hydrated lime, basically, you take hyd- some hydrated lime, you put it in the water, and you soak it for 12 to 18 hours. And you put like the straw into a mesh bag, like an onion bag, to soak it in so you can easily take it out and let it drain. And the hydrated lime, that method basically brings the le- pH levels like to 14, to where almost no competing fungi can live. Except, um, but mushroom can still thrive in it. That's why it works. The hot water pasteurization method for the straw, that one um, just involves making really hot water, soaking it for a couple hours, and then doing, draining it out. And that's one way to do the straw. But the straw, you typically, you put it into a bag, into like a lay flat tubing bag, or a mushroom bag that just forms kind of like a log structure. And it kind of just resembles a log like it would be in the wild. To where your mushrooms can grow and by poking holes in the side of the bag the mushrooms can grow out of that right so that's that substrate is the straw now coffee grounds um the interesting thing about coffee grounds the reason coffee grounds are even a substrate right is because they're cheap do you realize like your main coffee shops they produce like 50 pounds of spent coffee grounds a day that they throw away in the trash if you bring them a bucket they'll fill that bucket up for you and give it to you You can pick it up once a day for free that's why coffee grounds are popular they're already sterilized and they're already at the right moisture content through the brewing process so it's an amazing substrate that's why coffee grounds are popular because it's very um, easy to obtain and cheap now these believe it or not have been shown to work for psilocybe cabensis lovers and um, and they've also been shown to work for oyster mushrooms you see coffee grounds they have uh, cellulose in them like we talked about they're also a great supplement they've got nitrogen and all kinds of other source minerals so they they really are a full range thing now a lot of people will take coffee grounds and they'll supplement additional um, substrates that they have with them um, excuse me had to take a drink but they'll um they will take the the coffee grounds and they'll supplement like the straw or the sawdust with the coffee just to give it some extra nitrogen or stabilize the ph levels because they got perfect ph levels in the coffee grounds all right rye grain number five um rye grain is typically used for your mushroom spawn um mushroom spawn is uh basically what you, not, you, you make the mushroom spawn, cover it with mycelium so you can inoculate a bulk substrate later on. So it's not normally used for a bulk substrate purposes. But the rye grain, basically you just get some rye grain, soak it in water um, for 12 to 24 hours just to, um, so they'll absorb all that water. And then you pressure cook them for 90 minutes at 15 PSI. And that's pretty much it for the rye grain. It's Just used to create spawn um, Number six we have is manure. This will be um, a bulk substrate manure Basically, you, I've seen so many different recipes for manure uh, One popular one is two parts sun-dried horse poop to one part coco coir and coco coir is basically like the brown husky looking stuff from coconuts and anyway, you get it dry like the coco coir dry and this brick and then you can um, hydrate it by putting hot water over it and then mixing it with your horse poop. And that works pretty good, pressure cook it. And you have to get, the thing about manure is you have to, they they have this thing called field capacity. So basically what that is, you wanna moisturize your substrate enough so that when you squeeze it really lightly, no water drips out. But when you squeeze it really hard, you get a few drops of water out the whole point is, there should be no standing water in the bottom of your substrate container, and that's field capacity. Okay, then we got seven masters mix. I've already talked about this one, but um, T.R. Davis invented this one, right? And it's 50-50 mix, um, one part hardwood sawdust to one part soybean holes. You get them both in pellets, so they're both already pasteurized. Soybean holes, they recommend soaking those in water for like overnight otherwise they're really hard to break up those pellets but the hardwood sawdust you just pour some hot water on those and they'll break up really easy but anyway that's a really a um, great substrate because you don't have to pasteurize it right it's already been sterilized in the process so that's a pretty cool one to use and it produces great first flushes now, the next one we have is logs. Logs, again, mimics exact environment. Um, typically, what people do here is they'll, they'll drill inch deep holes with a drill bit. And normally, um, the logs will be about three to four feet long and four to six inches wide in diameter. And they'll do like, uh, each row is two, three inches away and each hole is four to six inches apart in the row. And Anyway, they're formed in like a diamond staggered um, pattern. Anyway, they drill all these holes um, Recommend if you're gonna do this get an angle grinder instead of a drill because angle grinders spend at a higher horsepower and They have these special bits you can put on the end so that it'll stop exactly at an inch and you just go uh, 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 And you just go right through that log really quick and it just flies Whereas a drill would take a lot longer <laughs> But um, anyway, so that's your logs. Inoculate it with some sawdust, mycelium spawn, cover it with some uh, cheese wax, let it dry, and there you go. And with the logs, though, you got to, you know, well, I'm not going to get into the, you have to keep them in a humid environment and all this other stuff. But um, that's that for logs. Um, nine, we got st- Straw with coffee grounds. So we talked about this um, using uh, coffee grounds as a supplement, right? So you got typical recipe here is 60% hydrated pasteurized straw to 30% coffee grounds and then 10% spawn. And when you put these together, you typically, if you're putting them in a um, lay flat tubing, you would kind of layer it, right? So you'd put like an um, an inch or so of substrate and then just sprinkle some spawn, inch or so substrate, sprinkle some spawn. Um, sprinkle some spawn, and that's how you create the layer effect, like lasagna. And yes, I spelt lasagna wrong on my site. Okay. Number 10, we got straw with coffee grounds and sawdust. Again, same type of thing, 40% straw, 30% coffee grounds, 20% sawdust, and 10% spawn. That works really good for shiitake. I forgot to talk about what the mushrooms were good um, straw with coffee grounds has been shown to work really good with oyster mushrooms um, Masters mix works really good for almost all mushrooms except shiitake and There you go All right, then We've got um, 11 we've got cocoa coir with vermiculite. This is a good manure replacement as well as you can see right cabensis lovers have created all these crazy things um for growing their their um, cabensis but one part coco coir to one part vermiculite pasteurized um that's pretty much it and it'll grow grow really good there then we got cardboard believe it or not if you want to get really cheap tear up some cardboard boil it in some water in home and then layer it like lasagna with your spawn in a in a container and it'll grow you can also sprinkle some coffee grounds in there um then we have 13 we have popcorn grain this is just basically a replacement for the rye grain but you can um moisturize the popcorn then pasteurize it just like you did with the rye grain recipes are all on my site um after you get your substrate you have to choose the right microenvironment that you want to put it in so i have another podcast coming on that so make sure you check those out as also have articles on it as well and other than that I think we just did it that was it that was all the substrates we went through the 13 substrates we went to the different types of mushrooms that can grow again the biggest thing I want you to to understand is any of these substrates could technically work with any of mushrooms however some people may not have tested it it's all about testing and seeing what's gonna work but at the end of the day, if you want to follow some proven substrates that have already worked, check out the link in the description for the exact ingredients and how to prepare them and everything else. And, um, and you can follow one of those to get your mushrooms growing. And then later, when you get better at it, you can try mixing it up if you want. And uh, so anyway, that's all I have. Um, now you understand the substrates. And know where to go to get more info. So if you thought this was valuable, then please share it. And thanks for listening. And I will be talking to you again soon. Bye-bye. Curative Mushrooms has to post the standard FDA disclaimer. The statements made regarding medicinal mushrooms have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. The efficacy of these products has not been confirmed by FDA-approved research. Curative Mushrooms is not making claims intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. All information presented here is not meant as a substitute for or alternative to information from healthcare practitioners. Please consult your healthcare professional about potential interactions, or other possible complications before consuming medicinal mushrooms. The Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act requires this notice. Thank you.